0: This is the Soulfully Casual podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Soulfully Casual podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. As always, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and it's Friday. You know what that means. How's it going, Mike?
1: Doing well, man. Doing really great. It's uh, been a busy week over here, uh, but uh, what a great episode last Friday night to watch.
0: Yes, and for, for those of us uh, like me, uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, it was a great episode. And um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, good week. Uh, I think for we sure. watched it on
1: like Sunday or Monday, actually. So, you know, I say yeah. Friday night.
0: But, yeah. I checked it out last night. And um, by the way, so this time I actually did some reading after the fact because I realized the last two times um you know you had done some reading and i felt a little bit behind the eight ball so i did a little bit of reading myself on this episode because i found myself uh thinking about some other things so i wasn't paying as much attention as i did the first time but uh how was your uh how was your week outside of the show before we get into it
1: oh it's good uh busy i mean like i said we had uh spring break spring break last week uh so i felt like we were kind of all over the place and then um back to work this week and then Lana's uh, out and about, so I'm doing some uh, solo dad work this week, which is pretty fun. Uh, to get the kids to school and all that good stuff. So I'm uh, working from home at the same time, so it's it's kind of a fun little uh, experience.
0: I actually did the same thing this week, um, but uh, because you know your mom is laid up for the for the, for the week, so yep. we um you know we, we kind of took some turns and and did some solo parenting. Uh, I had. I had James all to myself on Tuesday while uh, Chris went into the office. She had to clean out her office because they're doing that big office cleanout thing. So right. uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Like it was the first time I'd been alone with him for that long. So, um, nice. you know, it, it is nice, a nice little change of pace. So, uh, I, you know, I got to watch the episode last night uh, and I, I only watched it once. I don't know if you did, but uh, what did you think? Uh, okay. What did you think? Uh, first impression. Uh,
1: that, that was my favorite episode so far. Uh, It was really, really good. Um, Just a ton of stuff happening. I love the action sequences. I love the kind of playful way uh, between them and Zemo and this Zemo character being kind of the bad guy you kind of like because he's quirky, but also you don't trust him. And then I love the fact that uh, Sharon Carter came back and, she, I think, you know, I think Bucky said it best when he's like, "Oh, she's awful now," and it was just one of those things. like, "Wow, she is super jaded," <laughs> you know, which probably so, probably. Um, yeah, but just a great episode. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, same. Um, best action scenes thus far, clearly. Uh, I, I don't think that's that's in question. Uh, they're slowly sort of unpackaging a uh, the you know the 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 end game, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, one thing I noticed. Not much from um, the the new Captain America. Not much from him at all. But enough. Uh, yeah. Enough to tell you exactly what I said was going to happen, basically. Uh, and it seems like we're, we're heading towards some things. Uh, I will also say my first impression is I find the secondary characters to be vastly more entertaining uh, than the main characters right now. And that is, that's not to the show's detriment. It's right. just uh, they're, they're interesting. It tells you that they're doing a great job with that. Also, uh, what normally would be the death of a show like this is a lack of a true villain. We don't really have any defined villains yet three episodes in, uh, yes. and yet it doesn't really matter because what they've done with the rest of the characters has, um, you know, added so much depth and entertainment to it that uh, you're willing to to play the long game to wait to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a whodunit, really, uh, with the villain because, you know, there's moments where, like, is this new Captain America guy a villain? Is Zemo a villain? Is Morgenthau a villain? And like, you know, they, they're almost all, they almost all feel like they're giving you a little tease. Like maybe they're all a villain. Or maybe are a villain, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: So to, to deep dive now, um, that is something that I definitely picked up on throughout the episode is that uh, there are many ways and pathways in which we can get to a villain and I'm going to use the word villain in quotes because, you know, right now we have been introduced to some new names, but not some new faces, really. Um, and we are not really sure who the villain is. Like we, we have we've brought back some things. And one thing I really, really like if Marvel's going to do this, I'm all in is reoccurring uh, recurring villains. Instead of the villains just going away when the the good guys defeat them, I like the idea of them coming back because that's how reality works. Like even in the confines of like uh, fighting terrorism, once one leader goes away, next person up, somebody steps in their place. And really we're fighting the same kind of enemy, just in a different body, basically. So I love Zemo coming back, right? Mm -hmm. I love uh, Sharon coming back. I love the idea of these uh, old ghosts of the past, if you will, uh, recurring because they they they're meaningful. So we didn't see we had not seen Sharon since Civil War. So that's a long mm-hmm. time ago, a very long time ago, especially in viewership's mind. So you had to kind of be reminded of what she did. And I realized too that they set it up the episode before. We need to steal the shield. Remember what happened last time we did that. Then they oh, bring yeah. in Sharon, who was a part of it, and reminds you of what was at stake. Both things. So right. I felt like they've done a really good job of bringing these characters back. Um, so one thing I want to say too is that Daniel Bruhl, I think is how you pronounce his name, Zemo, uh, stole the episode for me. Absolutely stole the episode for me. And (laughs) in, and he's charming as hell. He really is charming, really. Uh, but you can see so many different things. Like I picked up on so many subtle things. Um, you know, the the fact that he's reading Machiavelli, which I thought was really, really entertaining. That was brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Really brilliant. Cause it's like, basically for those of you not familiar, like the ends justify the means is kind of, you know. The idea behind behind you know what he was what he was saying, yep. and that's where at people like him are, are living. That's the space that he's living in because in his mind, you know, he lost everything with Sokovia. so in his you know everything that happened in Civil War, it justified it because of where he was coming from. So I thought that was really really cool, and then it also makes you think he's got something else in mind. He's cooking well, I, up a little yeah, scheme I mean, that, here.
1: That is a it, it's it's a beautifully done joke. Um, and an incredible bit of foreshadowing. Yes. Or if it's not a bit of foreshadowing, it's a straight-up perfect red herring. Because mm-hmm. if you give a guy the book, he's reading Machiavelli, he's reading about uh, political intrigue, uh, you know, how to get your way through, you know, and it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get what you want. And mm-hmm. The ability to, you know, all those things, you know, makes you, it should be a big red flag to say, don't trust this guy because he doesn't really care about your cause. He cares about his cause and his cause only. He's going to get to mm-hmm. where he wants to be whatever by whatever means available. And so, yeah, that was just a, a great... And it's not that... I mean, I guess it's not that clever. I mean, you and I picked up on it, but uh, I don't well, know if the average 17-year-old would pick up on it, you know? <laughs> I was
0: actually going to ask you, like, what do you think the percentage is, thinking about the general demographic of people who watch this uh, stuff, what do you think the general percentage is that the people who picked up on that as easily as we did. Cause I feel like you and I are pretty well read, you know, we're, we've, we've been to college. We've, we've, and we, we don't necessarily read these things on the regular, but we have been exposed to it in a way that perhaps a lot of people haven't been exposed. So do you right. think that is lost on a vast majority of the audience or is it kind of like 50, 50?
1: You know, I don't know. I don't want to like, I don't want to make the risk of, of assuming the lack of intelligence, the lack of, of reading, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if it's lost on a lot of the audience, because the younger audience absolutely has no idea who Machiavelli is. My daughter said who Machiavelli is.
0: Well, that, yeah, and, and that, nor that, should, that's it, why I'm asking.
1: Nor should a 12-year-old really have read Machiavelli. I don't think it's something that would really capture the attention all that well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't <laughs> certainly making... It's not a making, really
1: enthusiastic read, you know? <laughs> no,
0: and I wasn't certainly making the assertion that the, that the general audience is like oh, uneducated or, or, yeah, or, yeah, or... Yeah, don't, uh, you don't, know.
1: don't make me... Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to... Or no, you no, no, no. And I... But yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think things like that. Um, I look at those as like clever jokes that, um, you know, I think you know, fiction and fun and, and things like this. They do. They can serve a purpose to educate people about different mm-hmm. things. And so I I like that they were able to put something in there because those people who have read Vaccavelli, you know, uh, you know, or have. You know, you know, the Prince. At least, you know, yeah. and, and 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 kind of know that they expose that. Get the, the kind of cool joke. Pick up the foreshadowing. Those who haven't are like, "What's this? machiavelli's is the Prince. What's it about?" You know, and they pick it up and they go, "Oh, that's interesting." And so, if it brings them to a new level of knowledge that they don't know before, uh, that's sometimes how it happens. Sometimes it takes fiction yeah. and fun. To increase. That's why reading is so awesome. I think, you know, people read fiction. I, mean, I think there's a good fiction book will introduce you to things you don't understand that you didn't know about. And, and if you want to open your mind up and learn about it, then, then you could learn from watching a Marvel show. And I think, you know, that, that's kind of the neat thing about it. I don't know. I bet it's probably 50 50.
0: Yeah. You could probably make the argument that from a writing perspective, it's taking somewhat of a risk because you are hoping that people get the reference in the moment because enough people have to get the reference in the moment for it to be meaningful. But then right. if on the back end, you're hoping that people are going to you know, educate themselves on it. If they, they heard it, who didn't know, then you know, it is because I think it's easier to make like a pop reference there, like a pop right. culture reference there that sure. you know people would most likely pick up on even one from the eighties where younger people might not know it, but they might because their parents are in our age bracket who probably are more likely to have exposed them to stuff like that you know yeah i mean like like, if you've been
1: reading the art of the deal you know or reading you know how to win friends and influence people they Mm could get the same kind of point across you know yeah
0: yeah exactly so i thought that was interesting um and also, so this is my theory, and I, we're getting into theories right away, but I honestly feel as if the Zemo thing is more of a red herring than anything else right now, because to me, it feels as if it'd be too easy and too obvious to go down that path, at least right now in this particular show. Like, I think Zemo is something that I hope that they keep in the MCU going forward, because I think it's a great character villain or, you know, in betweener, if you will. Uh, But it seems very easy. Like, well, of course, they'd break him out of prison. Of course, he would turn on them at some point, like obviously. But it seems like he gave a little bit of an indication of what his objective is. And he sort of uh, he he took his own. He took that into his own hands by killing the doctor because he said he didn't he needed to finish what he started, which was stopping that research, stopping the super serum from becoming mass produced. And he basically started that objective on his own killing the doctor so perhaps yeah. that's his objective and within the confines of what they're trying to figure out uh you know that that's where it seems like it would be obvious but i feel like it's almost too obvious um but also yeah. the to go back to the machiavelli thing before you make that point is they kind of uh alluded to that later when the flag smashers carly blew up the building with people in it yeah. and basically said like this is the language that they know so all, tie, all, all the Machiavelli thing kind of tied in through. If you were, if you had gotten the reference at the beginning,
1: no, I understand. It, it was really well done, um, and I, I also think the same thing with Zemo. I, I think you'll see Zemo and much, much that tie in, right? You know, like it's means means it ends. Like they're using Zemo to get to what they need to get to to deal with the, you know, the trouble that's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. But I maybe they think they can put that genie back in the bottle. But I have a feeling what we're gonna end up with is the genie's gonna be out of the bottle at the end of the show. Yeah. And Zemo's gonna be at large and creating some sort of new you know, he's gonna be out there doing stuff and, and he's gonna come back, probably not as maybe not in this show, but in probably future installments of the storylines probably mm-hmm. as a constant problem or thorn in the side of of Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier, the Avengers, whoever. Yeah.
0: It almost reminds me... I don't know if you remember the, uh, the one guy in the like Pierce Brosnan, um, James Bond movies, I think. Um, Valentine was his name. Like He was an enemy in the first one, and then he was in all the subsequent movies in some fashion because he was like Zemo where he was super rich. He had like right. the part of the seedy underbelly, but he wasn't necessarily causing direct trouble for James Bond. And right. James Bond actually went to him for help because he had connections. So I could see Zemo playing somewhat of a role there. And honestly... Zemo's not, he's not above going to a villainous place. But do I think he's directly tied to the Flag Smasher stuff? That would seem, just to me, it would seem way, way too obvious.
1: No, I don't um, think so. I think he's separate. And I think you, you're you're onto it. And I think, you know, it, people don't like the new Captain America or whatever. But, you know, there's something about the way he handled, like, their hunt for these Flag Smashers, right? Where he finally realized, um, he's like, I can't get to them. And he goes, you're right, I can't get to them because I have to operate within all these rules. But I know somebody who doesn't, so we'll mm-hmm. just follow them and they'll lead us to them. Yeah. We'll let them operate outside the rules and then we'll, we'll swoop in and get the, you know, get the collar at the end of the day. Which makes you kind of go back to that idea when he said either, you know, either help me out or get out of my way. And, you know, by creating that antagonism between them, did he really create Basically, He goes, all right, I've got them out on their line doing their thing. And now I can kind of watch them and I can help see if I can figure out a way to get in there and, and take care of the problem. So is he manipulating Falcon Winter Soldier to kind of do his work? I mean, he is. And that's what he ended mm-hmm. up doing at the end. That's what he said. He's like, I'm just going to follow them. They'll leave me to the person because they could operate in all the C D underbelly that I'm not allowed to operate in. Um, so it's kind of neat, I thought.
0: Well, and, and any good project manager knows that you never reinvent the wheel. If you don't have to, you always take something that somebody else did. Sure. So um, it seems like he's doing that. But I, a couple thoughts on um, on new cap, if you will. Um, first of all, a callback to last episode where he used the do you know who I am card. And the guy's like, I do. And I don't care. Oh, yeah. And so the direct opposite of what happened to, to Falcon, basically, where it's like, do you know who he is? And they're like, oh, look, I'm so sorry. And then they arrest Bucky. So he uses that. Uh, Another thing that occurred to me in that in that entirety of the of the exchange, which was not very long. But do you think in the back of his mind, he's thinking to himself that he wants to get his hands on some of that super serum because he clearly does not have the same powers as Captain America? Right. Do you think that could end up being something that he had? Maybe that's not his objective now, but that is interesting, though, when he's faced with getting to them and having to make a decision is he in a place where he's thinking like, I can't do this job this way. I have to rely on other people to get me here. And even his, he doesn't have super strength. Like Steve Rogers had super strength. He's right. basically an Adonis. So like, is that something that you think he'll have to toy with? Cause it occurred to me that perhaps he's feeling the pressure for multiple reasons. Cause he's not getting there. Obviously the government is thinking he's not good enough for the job. So it's like, well, maybe if I can get there and get my hands on some of this, I'll be in better shape to handle this problem long-term
1: interesting or, or maybe that's the objective all along of the government is go well, get it too. so we can give it to you and then therefore we have our trained gun is on our side again with well, the, rem- <clears throat> with the power you know
0: well remember the doctor um talked about how the CIA picked him up yep. after and, and yeah. because he blipped he didn't get to finish it so yeah. the CIA's objective these are like little nuggets that they drop in the it within yeah. these episodes that they they're so intriguing and it's like that that's what I love about this so far is I want to keep watching because they yeah. leave nugget after nugget but not like in your face it's like you have to be paying enough attention to what people yeah. are saying to get it so the, so the the new Captain America stuff was was interesting in that regard um so so Sharon comes back so yeah. this is my this is my theory uh, is that, in my opinion, Sharon is actually the most likely person to be either the power broker herself or uh, working with the Flag Smashers in some fashion because she's very much a mystery. She you you realize that she makes it to this this uh, pirate island, basically Madripoor, which mm-hmm. is a you know lawless mess. And I love the idea that there's the haves and the have nots and it's split into, like, two sections yeah. of the city, basically, right? and yeah. Yeah, and she has essentially established herself as a stolen art broker uh, right. over there, and because she has been exiled from her country, so you notice how she doesn't get the, the same treatment that Bucky gets, no. or that Falcon gets. Yeah. And that's an interesting, interesting thing that's happening. It is, it is.
1: Because, I mean, she's, she is Peggy Carter's niece, so it is weird that, like, she didn't get some sort of benefit of the doubt either.
0: yeah. By the way, yeah. is it weird that is it weird that Peggy and her niece both had some kind of relations uh, in some fashion with the same Captain America yeah, <laughs> in yeah, different yeah, eras? Yeah, yeah, right, a little, sure. a, little, yeah. a little weird, a little weird. That that occurred to me too. I was like, you know, I never thought about that in the moment, but oh, yeah. okay. Um, so I I think she's the most likely candidate to be not on the good side, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it's again, <laughs> it's it's not as obvious to the to the audience to think, well, why would she? She just helped them. But after helping them, by the way, she, she kicks some. She kicks some serious ass at the. Yeah, uh, I in that. what
1: I like about her is she kicked ass, but they didn't portray her as like an unstoppable force.
0: Oh so, no, because like, that one guy they, slammed her up against yeah, the thing, which right? is exactly
1: mm-hmm. what in real life would happen, right? Because even mm-hmm. if she is a absolute ass kicker, like the bigger dude is gonna throw her against a wall at some point. But then she gets up from it. I, I liked it because it was very realistic. She both is an ass kicker and it's a very realistic like moment where it doesn't feel like you always see this in like movies it drives me crazy it's like you know the heroes can always take all the punches and they get shot and they (laughs) can fire all the guns and like there's like there's no there's no what do you want to call it um
0: human nature basically Yeah, you
1: know, there's no ramifications for any of the stuff that they have to go through.
0: No, they heal in the moment, it's good.
1: Yeah, you know, and I feel like maybe it it gives people a false sense of like how the world works, you know, like they think they can just get beat up and shot and it's no big deal and they just walk around afterwards like it's, you know, like I I assume that even after that fight scene, like she was probably in her penthouse apartment like in an ice bath, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I can imagine some pain was was felt on both sides by that one.
0: (laughs) but it was the it was the aftermath of that where that the lady comes and picks her up and she says we've got some problems multiple problems and then all right. of a sudden uh carly knows about the doctor's death and about selby's death and so yeah. it's like well how did that information get to her so that that lets you know that somebody with yeah. inside information is, no, you're is right. talking you're yeah. she, she is
1: definitely one of those ones where it'd be interesting to see where where it goes um
0: Because I could see her being so jaded against the U.S. government that she doesn't care about their objective of stopping these people because she now lives in a lawless community where she is thriving. So what's her incentive to go back to go back and follow rules that never benefited her in the first place? Because so it, it is interesting, her character in that sense, because you do feel like there is motive to be laid there. Now, that could also be the red herring, right? Perhaps they go the obvious route and that's the red herring. But to me, that seems like a very interesting option of of villainry because of everything that's happened, the complete disconnect between, you know, what the U.S. government did for Falcon and Bucky, but not for her. And it also speaks to the interesting nature of like, you know, why you know is is it does it have to do with the fact that she's a woman? Does it have to do with the fact that you know she is not an Avenger? Like how what the celebrity card? Like how much of that plays into it? Because you can tell that she's still miffed by it, like quite a bit.
1: There, there is another option and that is you know she's a spy. Mm-hmm. She could still be. She could have made all that stuff up. She very, may be absolutely possible. still working for this guy.
0: Very possible. That's why I double, think
1: you know she could easily be yeah. a double right now.
0: <laughs> but that's why I think she's the most interesting option for where yeah. to go because there's no direct story path for her to be good or bad like she could kind of be both but yeah. I do like but it, it, it's interesting so uh, a couple of things that I read about that I, I'm really intrigued by so as you know they've brought the x-men at least yep. the universe it's a possibility to be a part of the universe at some point in time but they've been, it's been, it's going to be a slow rollout, which makes sense because I think you want to make sh- make it happen naturally, not forced. But apparently, right. in the whole Madripoor uh, scene, there was a whole bunch of X Men um, Easter eggs, so to speak. Right. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a lot of fun because that's a great way to sort of plant a seed here, plant a seed there. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, have some big reveal at the end of a season of some, I want to say fringe X Men, some mutant of some kind. A part of it at some point, or within these shows, or something like that. To yeah. where you could lead us there.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because you know I I keep going back to who's everyone's favorite X Man, Wolverine, right? And that's that, and that's who the Easter been, egg. He's is. always been the fringe X Man too, right? Because he's 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 kind of always he's in and he's out, right? He kind of does his own thing. He's he's the lone. Wolf he's a loner.
0: One. Yeah, he's a loner. Right? Um,
1: and I think that's one of the Easter eggs from this one was the bar. I can't remember the name of it. The paint. Princess,
0: maybe. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That like, was, I that think was it's one a bar of them. That
1: is, is, is uh, whatever it's called. It's, it's frequented by, by Logan, basically, in the, in the X Men comics. Um, in the, as a, as
0: specifically, a, specifically in the 1980s, some, the late 80s Wolverine, like series. Right. Like all of the callbacks were to that specific storyline, <laughs> yeah. from what Which I understand. Which I think
1: is interesting. So it's one of two things. They are setting something up, or it's just the best Easter egg ever. And it's just meant to really just make us all smile and go, ha that's, that's a good idea. Throw that thing in there and just make it something to think about, you
0: know? Well, you know, what's funny is when you think about the X-Men callbacks, like where they were, I could see two X-Men in my mind be a part of that. Or like that would, that, that mm-hmm. actually would have been an interesting place for them to just like roll up upon one, but not have one be a part of it. Like I could totally see them running up on Gambit at the bar that they were at right like all, <laughs> yeah. right all the all the colorful signs like it kind of yep. looked like uh Vegas in a way but like also like at what you see in like South Korea with their nightlife where they have just yeah. you know stuff like that and so i could totally see have seen them run up on somebody like that um you know in there but i i do think that it's it serves a purpose but I, and i think that it's to sort of start to get people to thinking about the x men you know, planting a few seeds here before they have some inclusion. And I think the inclusion is going to be slow where it's like one character. And you're right. Wolverine would make the most sense as that character because it's the most easily recognizable one. Right. Who kind of fits the purpose of what at least this show is doing. So it might not be in this show, but it does make sense with these characters because Wolverine is uh, is an ass kicker. That's what he does. Yep. And he's indestructible, similar to bucky in some ways i mean at least with the vibranium arm and stuff like that so uh, i thought that was uh, a lot of fun and i I wonder how many people knew it in the moment obviously the comic book folks knew it in the moment but when i looked it up i was like oh that's actually really neat because you're right they have to introduce them somehow and have it be organic and not just be forced
1: yeah i felt it was i didn't understand the moment either um Mm -hmm. madripoor or any of the things but i noticed like there were specific like like the look at that bar and then the sign of that bar and the other one, like there seemed to be something behind that. So that's why I looked it up Mm -hmm. afterwards. I was like, so what's going on here? Like, is there something about Madripoor? I don't understand. Well, and they Um, specifically
0: showed those things to you They as well.
1: It was very much like, it wasn't just like, it was in the background. I mean, like Sam walks right by, looked up at the sign, they focused on the sign and then they moved on, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a very specific Easter egg type idea. Whether it was intentional to be a storytelling device or just for fun, either way, again, it's what makes Marvel kind of fun, right? Their ability to do all this type of stuff, and you um, know, you you don't want to get on the old uh, the old Wandavision crazy message board, everything's a Fisto or something thing, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like those guys do. But I think no, it'd be good no. either way.
0: Um. Yes. I also, I I don't know about you, but I thought Zemo's um ability to articulate why marvin Gaye was so great uh and also his comment about why does everybody think that a fashion forward black man like he was you know feminine or whatever and then later in the show he's like i can't run in heels <laughs> um i thought it was interesting because remember the previous episode they had an interaction where falcon had what we know to be a very common interaction with the police yeah. because of the color of his skin, and now here is this here is Zemo who is an enemy who he doesn't really like. He's like, you know, I'm sort of irritated, but he's totally right. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just a really really good scene. Yeah, the very way funny. he and the, well the way together. he
0: the way he described it too was so wonderful. Like, I just thought that whole thing was so great, and I just also loved how they're like, so you're super rich. And he had no idea, like no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it was—I thought it was interesting because in a lot of these action movies, the the main villains, we don't we think how do they how can they afford these things? Like all of these yeah. gadgets and everything. And then you find out Zemo's like, oh, I've got tons of money. Like I just right. have supercars hanging about, uh, you know, butlers, planes, everything. Nobody even knew about, right? Nobody yep. had a clue. Um, so I thought that whole. That that whole thing was was very interesting. They layered a really good story, I thought. Uh, kept me entertained. Uh, what did you think about the reveal at the end?
1: Um, with uh, the Wakandans coming back.
0: Yeah, I think her name is Ayo. Is it yeah, A.Y.O.? I thought She's- that
1: was that was like one of those things where it uh, made total sense. Like I was like, "Why are they here?" I'm like, uh, "Because." Last time I checked, they're still pretty ticked off that
0: uh, Zemo killed their this king. This guy basically. killed their
1: king. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, like it's uh, it's kind of a big deal for them. Yeah. And uh, so I could see that. I liked it. I like the way Bucky like was like he went to meet him because he has the most. Uh, I think he has the most
0: familiarity, you know,
1: credibility with the Wakandans because he lived there. Yeah. Um, that he can go to the, like. I got this. I'm watching him. I won't let him get away. You got to give me time. I assume that's what he's going to try. The question is, would he be able to? And then what's that relationship going to do if he fails at Keeping Zemo in line as this moves on.
0: So do you find it somewhat problematic in obviously um, Chadwick Boseman passing mm-hmm. away la- last summer? And I know that they have said that they're not going to recast that role. Yep. So it, do you feel as if this is... Because it, it, it made me think of that immediately, and I thought, ooh, like, they obviously have to have a plan of how they're going to get around this. Like, what, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know about you, I, I have to think that a lot of these things are at least somewhat sketched out ahead of time, yeah. maybe not in the min, Maybe not in the minute details, but the big kind of ideas have to be laid well, out I enough guarantee for them to introduce that.
1: That they had to have some sort of like because it's not like, Chadwick Boseman could not have been hiding that level of disease from... And maybe he was, maybe they had no idea, but I find it hard to believe that he was hiding that level of disease from the studio, you know? So there had to be some thought in their mind that, man, like, what if this goes back? Uh, but at the same note, it was very, un, you know, it was very shocking. I think for a lot of people, I don't think anyone thought it was going to go downhill as fast as it did. Um, and so I, I absolutely think it probably changed their thought going forward on Black Panther. Like, they they had planned a Black Panther 2. They expected Chadwick Boseman to be Black Panther for at least another movie or two, mm-hmm. or I'm not sure what else. So they're going to have to adapt that. Now, the best thing is, like, you know, the, the Black Panther, the mantle of Black Panther is taken on by subsequent people. So the story elements of how to get a new Black Panther are all there within the Marvel world. Oh, yeah. The unfortunate thing is, is that they lose out on on what was a great actor, who portrayed that character so well, and you just didn't get enough of them, you know? <laughs> I agree.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you. Like, I know that, uh, you know, we've differed on how we, we saw Black Panther, the movie itself, but uh, to me, there was no, th- there's no debate that the actor playing the role was captivating and was the right choice for the role. And I remember even feeling so excited when, um they showed up at the end of endgame like and yeah. he was the first face that you saw show yeah. up really and it's like it's meaningful and his his obviously portrayal of the character fits so well with it and mm-hmm. i agree with their their idea not to recast it because how would you do that how could you i, I don't know like i feel as if it it doesn't do justice to the character but you're right in storyline terms the, i mean obviously they have an ability to get a new um, you know, a new Black Panther, so to speak, because it's all mm-hmm. uh, based off of their culture in Wakanda. I mean, what's his name? Um, Michael B. Jordan's character uh, became Black Panther in the movie because he went through the right way. You know, he went about the yeah. cultural way in which they do things. So, yeah, the only the only thing they miss out on is being able to have his face on there to get that transition.
1: Yeah. Um it, So it, it's, it's going to be hard to tell that story in a
0: Unless, of right? course, something happens where they're able to CGI him in some diplomatic form, right? And there's like a assassination or like a bombing or something like that. Or they they'll probably have to do a brushstroke thing to say like he died in this way because really there's no other alternative. No. Um, they didn't film anything with with Black Panther two up until this point, so they don't have footage no. to go back on the way that they Star Wars did for Carrie Fisher. Right. Um, so you never know. I mean, they could figure something out that works as long as it works in the moment and that's you know machiavellian of them to get to the ends justify the means it doesn't really make yeah a, make a difference but i i just found myself like okay so it makes sense for wakanda to be involved here for many reasons especially the characters involved uh, i but- do
1: wonder though i wonder though if the character they chose uh the captain of the guard or whatever her mm-hmm. character is i believe um, the question is: w- Was there supposed to be a Chadwick Boseman Black Panther cameo in Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier for this role? Would that w- would it have been him? Initially, I was like, maybe that's who it was supposed to be. But then I thought, well, you know, if you're not good, if you're not going to make it him, then maybe uh, who's the other? Um,
0: the sister or like yeah, the, no,
1: the other, the actual like uh, what's her name? The other bald
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, who i thought it was at first but uh yeah like, it was i would have thought
1: like maybe like they could have brought her in if, if it so maybe it was intended maybe they purposely maybe it wasn't ever going to be Chadwick boats this was their intention was hey this is yeah. more of a mission for a lower level you know to bring it back type person vice you know one of the tops but uh, who knows maybe that was who knows what we've lost Yeah, it's unfortunate I, I mean that's we're talking about a movie, which means nothing compared to what his family lost. And, and, oh, know.
0: yeah, I know. No, so I was just...
1: I, I try not to, like, you know, I'm not trying to equate that. I want to make sure I'm very clear about that, but uh, uh, it's still oh, I
0: interesting. Don't, I don't think there's anything to get, you know, lost in translation of what you're saying. I mean, it's more, yeah. you know, we're recognizing that, you know, the, the that they lost this, this person and recognizing that, you know, just in the confines of making entertainment, that they have you know they have a tough job to do but right. obviously you know it, it pales in comparison to um to what they, they had to de- deal with and families and all that but just a, another note on that i read a story about spike lee um mm-hmm. you know on a movie that they were shooting with Chadwick in it and i guess it was a scene where he, uh he pushed spike lee pushed him so hard physically because he actually didn't know what he was going through so whether the studios knew is one thing, but the people that wow. worked on the films had no clue, like no wow. idea. And think about, like I was thinking about that and I'm like the level of privacy that goes into that, where yeah. we have like nothing that's private anymore because everybody's personal lives are out in yeah. full display at all times. And for him to have it for four years and be a consummate professional, you know, all of yeah. that um, is just incredible. And it, it all signs point to him winning uh, did he, I don't. Did they have the Oscars yet? I don't even know. Did the? Uh, he did win. Remember. Yeah, he did. I was win gonna something. say posthumously. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for whatever movie it was, uh, he did win. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, that's it's,
0: it's yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I know that people said that it wasn't the best performance, but um, you know, posthumously that happens a lot, and I think it makes I think it makes a lot exactly. of sense given given what he he did. So. Um, yep. What else? What else in the episode kind of stood out for you uh, that we haven't we haven't hit yet? Because you know, quite, quite a bit actually the, happened. The last
1: thing I think you know, your Carly Morgan thought trying kind to of do the heel turn uh, at the uh, oh, at the end. My, uh, my, my
0: prediction came.
1: Yeah, like you know, that was a perfect way. We kept talking about how they were sympathetic, 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 right up until she decides to firebomb an entire building. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh crap! She just went really dark. And the question is. Is there, a, is there a comeback from that? Or is it now she's just gonna go down the dark path of, you know what, screw it, I'm doing it this way. So you know? let's
0: actually, that that's a, that's a good, good uh, segue. So um, you kind of got that sympathetic feel to her at the beginning when you find out what she's really fighting for. And it's that mm-hmm. refugee that they had identified who had tuberculosis, right? Right. And so they're stealing the medicine in the second episode. And then this person has this disease. It makes you realize that she's obviously upset about the fact that as a blipped person, mm-hmm. people are not getting the same treatment. I also loved, loved, loved the commercial about the global uh, repay, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I like how they call it repatriating or re- repatriotizing Repatriation. Re- re- oh. Act, and I'm like repa- repatriation. I'm like patriot. Interesting word choice there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, repatriation, I mean, it needs to bring someone back, you know, mm-hmm. I guess. I know. Uh, in a way, I think the word choice, I don't know. Maybe it was meant to be a turn phrase. I don't know. But, but
0: interesting how bureaucratic it is, like we talked about. Oh, very much. <laughs> very much bureaucratic. Also, I loved when she said, uh, you've been holding, you're holding six months worth of supplies. And it's like, what for? Yeah. And it, that's the natural question is what for? But then immediately afterward, you know, she she does her heel turn, but up leading up until that, very friendly uh, conversations. Remember when we first started this, like reminiscing on when they first started it and all this. Yeah. Um, but it makes you wonder. I don't think they're the true bad guy. I think this power broker has a lot more uh, influence on what the larger picture is. Because to me, trying to get the the the, the super serum, the subtle super serum, as we we're, we're mm-hmm. alluding to it now. To me, that's much more uh, like nefarious than what they're trying to accomplish, right? And they stole it from, oh, yeah. from the power broker, right? So that tells you like there's yeah. a lot of moving parts right now in this, and it does kind of feel very much like there's so many pathways to this. It, like, it's, it almost makes me wonder if this power broker is going to be revealed as somebody that we've known all along. That's what I, yeah. the feeling that I'm getting from this because yeah, it, it would be awful. such a because wouldn't for you would it would it fall flat if the power broker was revealed to be somebody you didn't know? Like let's say that 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 happens at the end of the show, and then you're like, and you're like, okay, who is that? Yeah, or unless or, it's like a
1: unless it's someone that we know to become a villain. Like if the power broker is Victor Von Doom or something. Oh you know? yes, you know something something like that. I think it wouldn't fall flat at all. It would be very like, oh crap, you know. But you're right. If it's just some nameless, faceless dude. Yeah, it may, file, it may fall flat. It depends on how they kind of work it and what they do with the person.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. The name you just dropped for that is, is, is quite good. Yeah, um, I was just trying
1: to think of, like, I was trying to think of, like, people who could exist on Earth as a bad guy who could be, power, you know, who kind of fit that mold. And I was like, oh, that would be an interesting one. You
0: know? So, <laughs> to to you, does the power broker have to be somebody, like, rich, I would assume? Like, somebody who's obviously mega rich? Well, like, are you thinking...
1: I would think to be a power broker, I would say, I would argue this, that you don't have to be rich to be powerful, but once you're powerful, you will be rich. Yeah. Because power comes with wealth, especially mm-hmm. in a place like Marjorie poor, where if you look at that, I mean, look at Sharon Carter, right? You can get to power via richness, or you can get power, power can lead to richness, you know, to riches. They're almost True. always go hand in hand, though. I don't think you can be powerful without it.
0: Do you think um do, do you think that the the way that they call because the power broker seems very on the nose uh yeah. in terms of you know like in terms of the naming of somebody that's why I'm wondering like is there more to that is there sort of a, a hidden meaning behind them calling a power broker because it's like this isn't somebody who's taking power like a power broker is somebody that they are like selling deciding it almost. Yeah. Deciding yeah, who gets true. it. Deciding who gets it
1: and like yeah. transitioning it being a, a, a puppet master
0: of sorts? Sort of. Yeah. It's almost like they're bartering with giving people power. Like it's almost like this person yeah. or this this organization is sort of like remember how we talked about the one world, one flag thing and like, well, whose right. way is going to be the way? And all yeah. of a sudden they bring in this character who's unknown and it's the power broker. And it's like, well that's an interesting you know coin you know turn a phrase if you will because it's like well this person would be the you know this person or whoever it is this broker Mm -hmm. of power is the one who's going to tell people what the way is right and maybe that's where the flag smashers come in is they see the writing on the wall and they're like we don't want to be a part of that we want it to be truly free and the Mm -hmm. power broker is like no i'm the one who decides that like look at all of this look at all this power i've 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 give I've, yeah. I've you know accumulated or amassed here, and now I'm gonna let you everybody know where they fall in line here. Right. So and Sharon seems to have made her way in such a way that she is powerful in in the mm-hmm. confines of Madripoor, but not to the point where she has infringed on the power broker himself. So it's almost right. like he's good with the power that she has taken for herself because it doesn't right. infringe on his larger picture of what he has. So right. I thought I, th- th- those are the things that I picked up on and I wanted to hear your thoughts on whether you felt like, is that getting too deep here? Because No, I
1: don't think it is. I, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, it, it could be what they're trying to get after with the name. It could just be that the name is, is meant to be exactly what it is. This person is the arbiter of power. And it's and it's a and it's a and it's a name because we don't want we don't know who it is because the power they deal in isn't always, you know, in within lines of what people consider legal or fair or good. Mm-hmm. It simply just is. It is power. It's maybe it's back to that Machiavellian idea, right? Of power for power's sake. You know, there isn't good or evil. It's just simply whoever controls controls. If you want to control, you just have to You know take the good you know take take whatever it takes you know like Mm -hmm. so so there could be a whole theme that i I think you you mentioned it but i think you're right there is a theme that kind of runs throughout the episode yeah Uh, well that's really
0: been uh throughout the whole thing i mean even last episode starting off the show with the the good feelings of uh you know walker taking over the mantle of cap and then by the end he sort of made a heel turn so to speak and then in this one starting the episode off with zemo oh by the way the bucky talking through how they could hypothetically break out zemo from <laughs> yeah. jail and then watching it happen in real time was <laughs> wonderful, yeah, the whole, wonderful. You do? <laughs> and he's like you're talking about this very casually and it was so funny though when uh the but the way that he talked about it and it's like you think about the prisons and it's like well what would start people from just overall fighting and it's like oh it'll happen and just mm-hmm. a note translating to if you don't kill him he's gonna kill you first with no context starts yeah. this whole thing off and um so but they start the episode with the Machiavelli reference and you see little subtle nods to it uh Zemo taking over and I thought Zemo had gone rogue in the middle of the episode even donning the mask that he had yeah in, I did too. Right?
1: I didn't think he'd come back and, and pick him up afterwards Mm -hmm.
0: he comes back and you think well that's his his end is making sure that the the super serum work the hydra work because he is so loyal to hydra that he doesn't want somebody else picking up their mantle right that's what it seems like
1: well Um, i don't think you know he was was he really part i don't think he was ever loyal to the hydra i think he was anti was he
0: Oh, well, Bucky made mention of why Bucky would go in first by himself because he's like, you're an Avenger. I'm Hydra. The guy is obsessed with Hydra or loved Hydra or something like that. He made a comment oh. about that. And so I thought, okay. And uh, he talked about his work for Hydra. He talked oh, about his okay. work and saying to him, like, I need. I was on my way to ending that before I got thrown in prison, basically. So mm-hmm. anyway, so he kind of goes Machiavellian. Um, you know, Sharon, we find out, has done that too, right? Because mm-hmm. she has become a stolen art dealer uh Mm -hmm. which is illegal everywhere except where she lives and um and then um everything I mean everything sort of ties around that because even um new Captain America uh doing what he did getting you know basically trying to do everything that he can to get to what he needs and so everybody is kind of living embodying that Machiavellian feel within the episode and if i feel bad for anybody who was like i don't get it because <laughs> you're like man there's so like there's so much layered storytelling there that obviously I, the girls obviously didn't understand which makes sense i mean they're not right. you know um so what about as you said it was your favorite episode so yep. i would assume you're going to go the non teacher route on this episode
1: here <laughs> i will I, I was thinking about that thing i will give this episode a name. Um, hey, look, look and, at that! I think, and uh, there's a bit of a halo effect, right? I feel like they've been they they have worked their way to this grade. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I could have given the other ones A's too, because so far this up this show has been great through and through. They've done great work, uh, and this one's no different. I think this one just starts to really tie together, um, kind of the theme and what they want to do, and start really bringing things out a little bit more. And, and so it may have get the benefit of the it wouldn't have been an A without the first two, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it's hard to judge each episode individually. I guess at some point they can make a crappy episode, maybe they will. Maybe one episode will come out, you'd be like, eh, that wasn't yeah. that good. But so far, they, they've been doing very good work, and I think it's just a phenomenal show. It's been fun,
0: yeah. So far, um, I felt as if the first three compared to WandaVision are better on this show than WandaVision because I think WandaVision was trying to achieve something that was so um dense in terms of the story yeah. that you had to sit through the first two episodes and ask yourself wtf i have no idea what's going on here yeah and then your your loyalty was rewarded when they finally started to reveal that oh it's not really like wandavision is a show that she's created and then once you got that context and they brought you back to the real world it made much more sense here but- um you know, the the grades that we gave in the first two episodes were based off of, well, it's the first episode, so it's hard to say that it's, like, hitting it out of the park. Then Mm -hmm. they added on to it. And in this one, you know, it felt as if, like, they're setting the bar very high. And it's like, this was a really, really good one. And so I think when you look back on this episode long term, I I would think that they're either going to, like, I don't think they can continue to escalate from here. I think that they have set the bar of, all right, so this has a lot going on and this is the set, like especially the action scenes, like if that's the yeah. kind of action we're gonna get, was so good. Like the fight yeah. scenes were so good. Yeah. And it, it kind of made me think about like a John Wick movie almost, where it was yeah. like, it's crazy all across the board, but not cheesy, like it all made sense, it yeah. was all good. Um, So I too gave this episode an A because I just feel like, I love the tie-in of Machiavelli throughout the whole thing. I love that you saw mm-hmm. it in basically every single character every mm-hmm. single character that was prominent in this episode basically lived to that standard in some form or fashion right. and I love that kind of stuff because as an older viewer of these things now that's what I want I want to have to think I, I want yeah. to be able to think about the the larger picture and honestly it makes it so much better for this because then we have something that we can really dive into and right. uh, make everybody think so it's uh, it's
1: the art behind the behind the fun you know and that, that's what makes it really good. Yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, By the way, this uh, our breakdown last week probably had the most downloads I've ever had on (laughs) uh, a singular episode. So uh, clearly the Marvel thing is is translating to more people listening. So I'm happy about it.
1: People love Marvel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Uh, But I like to think that we're bringing something a little bit more. Like, then we're not just reading the highlights. We're breaking down the highlights. We're making people think about uh, different things that maybe they didn't consider. And honestly, if you're listening and you have a theory uh, that's different than what we've put out there, I would love to hear about it uh, yeah. because we could be dead wrong. But uh, we've been pretty good so far, I feel like. Yeah, pretty- and if you Ooh, haven't read The
1: Prince by Machiavelli, I highly, highly recommend uh, trying to delve into it a little bit and get some ideas of, uh, mm-hmm. of that. We just answer. don't. Just don't
0: uh, just please don't embody that in the entirety of your life because uh, (laughs) the ends don't always justify the means. So let's keep that in mind. But um, uh, any parting thoughts?
1: No, like I said, excellent. That's my parting
0: thought. <laughs> Read the prints. Watch the show. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with episode four, which comes out tomorrow. Well, actually, it comes out today. If you're listening today, we're recording on Thursday. So oh, yeah. it comes out tomorrow for us. And I'll probably watch it my usual Wednesday, Thursday time frame <laughs> right before we record so that it's fresh, fresh, fresh. Uh, yeah, but I'm I've thinking had- this
1: week I'm not going to be able to get away with not watching it Friday night because the girls are going to be yeah itching and ready to go but last few last few weeks we have had some stuff going on but this time i think i'm not gonna be able to get out of it We're gonna have it that's right away so i have to watch it twice
0: probably that's a good point i feel like there's a uh we, we we need to do a live on twitch viewing of uh of the final episode of the season so people can hear our real-time thoughts and see the kids go crazy uh yeah. when they watch <laughs> it. i think that's fun so anyway mike uh i'll get you out of here uh for everybody else uh thanks for tuning in Uh, make sure to connect with us Uh, i've plugged those things before so i won't plug them again but uh, we'll definitely talk to you next friday and i will talk to you on monday so have a good weekend mike
1: have a good one man too